Well, there are some special dinner events going on around Newport for this last half of February, plus plus a Newport dining event. And here to talk about all of it, our friend Chef Christopher Bender from Stoneacre Garden, Stoneacre Hospitality. Chef, how are you? Amazing, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Great hey, to be here. Always good to talk to you, and especially good to talk Wagyu with you. We're going to talk about Wagyu beef and an entire Wagyu dinner coming up on February 18th. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I mean, Wagyu is, uh, you know, nothing new to the dining scene by any means, but um, something we've just, you know, had continually better and better access uh, here in the States and with a lot of domestic as well as uh, imported producers and something we found ourselves enjoying quite a bit and really getting into the different ways to enjoy it too. So thinking it would be uh, something that'd be a lot of fun to highlight and a lot of fun to share, especially as a, a nice sort of mid to late winter treat. Well, I think that it is definitely something that we are at least accustomed to. I won't say we're used to it because it's still a luxury, uh, but it seems to be more readily available and it seems to be having a moment. Very much so. Very much so. So, you know, from a little takes on sort of different uh, street, you know, street food versions or street food dishes that we'd be able to sub Wagyu in for its um, simple pleasures. And then some, uh, a couple more elaborate pairings or a couple more elaborate preparations where uh, its complexity can really stand out as well. Okay. So I guess that's the first part of it. Me, we have heard so much about it and are in awe of this amazing beef that we're a little intimidated by it. And it's much more approachable maybe than its reputation. Let's start with, just in case there's somebody that doesn't know, when we talk about Wagyu beef, what are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about a, a either a breed or a style of beef where it's um, much like an Angus beef would be. Uh, Wagyu is, you know, a, a different a different breed where it's um, very well marbled, uh, very rich in fats, but also a lot of that fat can be uh, can be very good for you or, or very nutrient rich. Um, so knowing that it's also uh, not only has that that great balance to it, but it's typically uh, raised in humane ways that uh, also benefit not only the product, but also the environment or the surrounding environments. Yeah. It, there's really such careful care that is taken, if I can say careful care, to the raising minute by minute, day by day of these Wagyu beef. And we're hearing a lot of about Wagyu beef from Vermont, uh, we're heard all up and down the state of Vermont, and so we have regular conversations about the Vermont Wagyu. Where is this Wagyu coming from at the Stoneacre Garden Wagyu dinner? Uh, you know, we've we've actually done a mixture of three different locations. Um, two of the locations coming out of different prefectures in Japan, and then one coming out of Vermont, as you mentioned. Well, I think that it, it is so impressive to be talking about the beef that is actually from Japan. That's very exciting. It is. Well, and then also understanding the different different grades a little bit to it, as well as the different areas that it comes from and how that can really play into the complexity. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's one thing to be Wagyu beef, and it's another thing to be a, a very high grade of Wagyu beef. Yeah, um, good so point. It's, 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 it can be both uh, visually very, very, <clears throat> excuse me, very clear and very easy to uh, find the distinctions, but uh, tasting it can be even more noticeable. Sure. It is so good and just at such a high level that you could eat it without cooking it. And that's one of the ways that you're going to present it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we found a lot of, you know, a lot of the, in the early in the dinner, there'll be a lot of fun sort of smaller bites or easier preparations, uh, both from raw preparation, like a, a Wagyu tartare, uh, which we're using a, a, a Mishima Wagyu Reserve, 
Um, and that's something where it's it's just got this, this great marbling, incredibly tender. And we'll be pairing that with uh, sort of like black garlic and sesame and uh, even topping it with a little caviar as well to really play off its um, unctuousness. Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> then, amazing? Now, then we'll, we'll so, go the complete, right? Go ahead. And then, so that's the tartare, and that'll be uh, sort of at the beginning. And then what else do you have in mind for us? Well, it's, you know, we, we start with the tartare, which has, you know, that elevated experience sort of thing. And then we go complete opposite end where we go to uh, a traditional Bronx street food called uh, chopped cheese. And we're doing a, a Wagyu version with that, which having having tested that one at home personally, I have to say is one of the one of the best preparations I've had of it. Yeah. Um, in the sense that it, you have all the flavor of the beef itself, um, but a chopped cheese is essentially more like a somewhere between a cheeseburger and a steak and cheese, if you will. Um, but with everything sort of being chopped, it, um, it gets quite fatty in certain ways or rich. Um, rich, for sure. Yeah. The, 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 the brioche bun really uh, soaks in all that incredible flavor. So you have this, this, sort of, this sort of pillow of joy that comes along with it. It's, okay. Uh, well, break it down for us. What's in this chopped cheese? Well, it's a tiny little brioche bun, and then um, the the uh, wagyu we're slicing very very thin, and then uh, sort of searing on a flat top, so to speak, and then uh, that all goes together with a um, uh, nettle meadow farm kunik, which is like a, a goat and uh, goat and cow's milk cheese from uh, upstate New York, and then uh, that has a little bit of yuzu pickles, and then uh, a goju chang aioli, so like a, a mildly spicy aioli that goes along with it. So this is just loaded with complex flavors and just the richness all around, but the the, the funny part I find with the Wagyu where you have something that's so rich and is, you know, rich and marbled and um, has a good amount of fat content to it. It almost tastes light yeah. in the, as opposed to other types of beef might taste fatty or might taste heavy. This is just like uh, even lighter than a lighter than a bit of olive oil or lighter than butter would be. It's just uh, really carries itself. Well, the texture is just amazing and it literally melts in your mouth. So the gochujang aioli, is that cooked in or is that added after as we would an aioli? That's added after as we would an aioli. Okay. So just, uh, we simply, simply top it with a little bit of that and the pickles to kind of round everything out. Um, but the, the Wagyu itself has a little bit of the Kunik sort of melted into it on that bun. Mm, amazing. Talking with Chef Christopher Bender, and we're talking about a Stoneacre Garden Wagyu dinner, which is coming up on the 18th, by the way. All right, so we've had our, we've had our tartare. We've had our chopped cheese. What's next? And then we go into sort of um, some, I guess, fun, more... Uh, Japanese-inspired appetizers, where uh, we'd go into a wagyu gyoza, sort of like a dumpling style with a little ginger chili dipping, and um, that something that's pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward that we know and love. And then, uh, and then we start to play around with a little bit of the A5 wagyu or the, the highest grade of wagyu, and uh, doing two different preparations with that. One being a um, uh, sort of a, a togarashi tataki, where it's just sort of quickly seared on the sides, but essentially rare or raw in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then separately doing a little uh, uramaki or a little like a, a spicy hand roll, which is going to have a mixture of the Wagyu as well as some uh, bluefin tuna with that and sort of uh, just lightly torched with a truffle sriracha aioli. And that one's just a, that one's just an incredible mouthful that just keeps on going. It's like a roller coaster of flavors in well, there. Well, that's it. So we're introducing the Wagyu into a sushi roll. Yes, exactly. Um, and this, you know, playing off the balance of both bluefin tuna being sort of really really rich and unctuous kind of pairs well with the wagyu and the two flavors being so clean it's uh it's like those little textures and those little subtleties just really shine 
wow, this is amazing. And then it's 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 more sushi like, even though, as you say, it's torched. So- yes, but just uh, just just a little bit to sort of warm up the marbling or help everything melt a little bit, but not so much that it's actually cooked. Just uh, adds a little char to the outside and sort of makes everything melt in your mouth in the middle. Okay, yeah, and it certainly will do just that. This is amazing. Then what? And then, um, you know, then we go into sort of the, the showstopper. I mean, with, with some of these lengthier menus and lots of little bites, we do want to make sure that uh, nobody's left wanting. So uh, we, we finish strong with a, um, in terms of last favorite course, being a, a nice sort of Wagyu ribeye. Oh. And that'll be a, a couple slices of a, a nice sort of whole seared ribeye that we're, we're doing with a little bit of a late winter carrots and a little bit of miso and, and more of a, a traditional Bordelaise sauce to sort of bring it back to familiarity in some ways. Wow. Luxury, luxury, luxury. So when you cook the Wagyu, we're talking, you're talking a Wagyu ribeye, but you're talking a slice. So it's not going to be terribly thick, correct? Correct. We'll just do a couple, a couple little slices of that. That'll still be, still be basically medium rare. We don't want to go too rare on some of this, where if it's, uh, we want to make sure that the fat does start to melt and really sort of, uh, Uh, maintain its juiciness but uh, being careful of course not to go too far that's the big question and everybody was everybody was waiting to hear the answer to that one chef how do you cook this are you gonna uh, are you gonna even cook it it's so uh, it's so again such a luxury and you want to make sure that that exact moment of perfection is right there and you don't want to take the chance of going past it at all but uh, you'll you'll do it to a mid-rare Yes, well, there's a with with the ribeye specifically. With the other cuts of the loin, we tend to go almost raw. Yeah. But with the uh, with that ribeye cut, because it is so 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 well marbled, it can um, it really benefits from it, and it's uh, something that we tend to really only cook really on one side. Oh, really? So that, so that way, it's it has the ability to get that nice sort of. Um, I mean, technically speaking, they call it the Maillard reaction, but um, getting that nice sort of little little char to one side, and that's at a, a heat that would be lower than you might normally cook a regular steak. Uh, whereas if it was if it was too hot, it would quite literally drip, and they would just be, you know, burning and flaming, and it would taste very um, not not the way you would like it to. So you're cooking so it over the broiler. You're... Oh yes, yeah, we're cooking this uh, right o- right over a, a nice sort of medium high grill sort of heat to it. And uh, with that, in just the right spot, you get that nice sort of char to one side while keeping everything just all intact and perfectly together. So interesting. So that if, I mean, to think about cooking just on one side like that, uh, it's really incredible. What a culinary experience this is going to be. And uh, it's going to be just an amazing evening. And then we top it off, Chef Howe. Well, after all those uh, sort of rich, rich, rich bites, we definitely need something to pe- cleanse the palate. So, a little, um, a little roasted pineapple granita with ginger will sort of cleanse our palates, and then we'll we'll jump into one of our uh, one of our classics, our uh, yuzu key lime, uh, sort of custard in a jar that has a little little toasted meringue and graham cracker to it. And it's a it's a little it's a little mixture of sort of uh, influences from all over, but it just hits home. It's a mixture yeah. of sort of key lime pie meets yuzu meets 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 graham cracker it's oh. great what an evening this is going to be now there are two seatings for this wagyu dinner uh tell yes, us about we, that yes well we, you know giving a wide wide range where wanted to make sure we could in, have a lot of people enjoyed the experience we're doing an earlier seating around 6 6 30 and then a, a later seating around 8 or 8 30 so that um 
so that everyone can have a chance to enjoy on both sides. And it's been something that's it's already been quite popular. So uh, we have sort of limited space remaining and happy, happy to say that. Boy, that's a great problem to have. What's going to accompany this beverage wise, Chef? Uh, this we're you know we're setting up a little little pairing of um, some of our specialties across the board where it's going to start with those that want to partake we'll start with sort of a, a lighter refreshing cocktail to sort of uh, balance the palate mm-hmm. and then we're actually going to mix it up with um, a couple of sakes throughout uh, a Japanese beer a sort of a, a yashigo a toasted rice beer and then uh, finishing with two wines um, sort of going from a, a lighter more uh, esoteric wine from the Jura. And then getting into something a little bit richer and bolder from the south. So interesting. Well, that's the Stoneacre Garden Wagyu dinner, and that's Friday the 18th. And so if you can hold off, uh, you might get a late Valentine in there. But as Chef points out, space is limited, so make your move quickly. Then on the 24th, the following Thursday... It's a game dinner. Boy, we haven't talked about a game dinner in such a long time. And I mean, not even talking about the past two years. It's uh, old school. This is great. Tell us about this game dinner. Well, you know, as, as we've had our, our two restaurants balancing back and forth, uh, you know, the, the gardens had a chance to take a lot of the fun, newer, exciting things and uh, newer flavors that are becoming accustomed to us, where the brasserie has been really, uh, really deeply entrenched in some of its classics and, and really celebrating some things that... Uh, many of us haven't looked at in quite some time, like you mentioned, uh, either a game dinner or some of these these older classic styles and preparations. And uh, we really found sort of a new twist and a new take on some of them that have made some things even lighter or or fresher or more approachable than perhaps in the past. And sometimes it's just nice to visit an old friend. You've got it. This is multi-course. Yes. So taking uh, taking somewhat of a similar similar approach here, where we'll um, we'll balance with a couple sort of lighter things on the front side that we can either either pass or treat like little little amuse bouches of sorts, like a uh, like our our favorite uh, warm gougeres, sort of those those little Gruyere cheese puffs, if you will. That mm. we uh, in this case we'll fill with a, a mousse that we make out of the duck liver and parts. And that'll be an awesome way to start. Where it's certainly loaded with loaded with uh, loaded, loaded and packed with flavor, but all that sort of lightness and fluffiness of a uh, of the crunchy cheese puffs there. Definitely, and uh, followed with what? Uh, then we'll do a little bite of um, a, a game, a guinea hen consomme, where we've sort of taken all the extra all the extra parts and made a really rich, fortified, clear consomme, and uh, doing that with a little fermented shiitake and some uh, charred scallions. So. Uh, just a, a little shooter of sorts, but really adding some complexity and a nice little warm start for, for everybody. That was my next question. Is it going to be warm? Oh, yes, absolutely. Gotcha. It'll be piping hot in the consomme. Nice. Yeah. Uh, really amazing. Some rich, rich flavors there. What's next, yep. Chef? And then, we'll, we'll t- then we'll take a, um, then we'll take our last little sort of passing bites of a, a take on, well, a take on duck all orange, but also a take on wings. So we're going to do a goose wing in the style of l'orange. Nice. So it'll be cooked really slowly, so it's uh, almost cone feed in a sense where it's very tender. Uh, but then having that rich sort of orange glaze to it that's finished with some Grand Marnier. And just all the all the right balance of flavors there right. in, a, in, in a fun way. And then after that, we're kind of sitting down here and uh, digging in. What are we starting with? So starting with two sort of uh, raw preparations, first doing a, uh, a bison carpaccio. So something nice, you know, very lean, thin, tender that we'll do with uh, black garlic, which is a flavor that we really come to enjoy and have to do peppers. 
Uh, and then balancing right after the carpaccio, we'll get into a, a smoked venison tartare, uh, which is, this has been kind of neat where we do the the whole tartare preparation and then we smoke it at the very end. So it has like a, a great presentation to it, a nice little cloud of smoke that's released. Uh, but then the complexity of a little bit of harissa and burnt orange, and it's all over a, a homemade lavash or a, a nice sort of flatbread. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's a almost like a venison, a venison pizza kind of thing going on. <laughs> in, in you know, in some odd ways, yeah, yes. <laughs> really interesting. All right, so then we're I guess I get closer to a lobna. Yeah, there you go. Okay, we'll get we'll give you that, Chef Christopher Bender. This is the <laughs> this is the Stoneacre game dinner on the twenty fourth. And what's next? Uh, then we do go into our pasta course there where we're doing a little campanelli with some, uh, wild boar ragu, which, which I, I just, uh, mm. took some home over the weekend and that was, you know, that treated me well this weekend, Ooh, uh, yeah. and that long pepper and, and Tuscan pecorino. All right. So then, does, we've been talking this weekend about, we've been talking about things that are better the second day is wild boar ragu better the second day. Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was only I was only sad that it only made it through the second day and there was not a third to be had. <laughs> gotcha. No question. Oh boy. So, uh boy, we are uh, doing some amazing things here and as we say it's a lot of courses. You're going to be uh, getting a lot of variety in the bite, but you're going to be full after a while here. What's next? Uh, and then for our last two, we, we as opposed to the wagon where we finished with sort of something big and strong, this we, we spread it out into two more delicate bites of um, one being uh, a rabbit that we basically use all the parts of the rabbit and uh, debone it and roll it back together and doing sort of a little classic uh, pairing with yellowfish chanterelles, uh, but then taking your own twist with a little bit of fermented blueberry and uh, cornbread. Oh, interesting. Really interesting. Wow. And, and that, really, that, really, that really suits well as we use, like I said, all of the rabbits. So it, it, the flavors bounce in a in, in amazing way. And then um, one of my favorites that's often overlooked is we finish with the uh, the whole grilled squab. Mm. So uh, uh, sort of a, a richer, gamier bird. That um, that that's something we you know try to make sure that we cook to just about rare because anything more gets a bit irony and a bit tough. But yeah. This with uh, some confit uh, celery roots, and this we, we take a little you know we take a little influence from our friends down at the garden here, and we balance this last one with a little bit of uh, yuzu and Thai basil for some really really bright and herbaceous flavors right. that can balance those sometimes uh, stronger squab flavors in a way that's that uh, is incredibly complex at the end, but also leaves you sort of light and refreshed. Definitely. And if you're not light and refreshed enough, you'll have a palate cleanser after that, getting us ready for, of course, the amazing dessert. What kind of a dessert follows a menu like this? Well, you know, if we're going with some of the classics, we gotta we gotta finish with the souffle, I think. So we uh, we went with the dark chocolate souffle and a little chestnut anglaise. And uh, one of those rare winter fruits that uh, we don't often see enough is the persimmon. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're right. We don't see that very often. So what a dinner that's going to be a game dinner and it is uh, certainly at a high level and that's going to be on the 24th at uh, the stoneacre brasserie so that is really going to be something um and if uh, your tastes run more to burgers stoneacre of course taking part in the burger bender what is uh, what is or are the burgers that uh, you're going to be featuring in the bender well uh, we, we essentially have two two or three, depending on how you look at it. Um, both Stone Acres will be featuring our, our sort of classic Stone Acre burger and their, and their own sort of face-offs, where uh, we have um, 
sort of a, a richer richer grass-fed beef that we do with a brioche bun, uh, Vermont cheddar, and a, and a little secret stoneacre sauce. Um, so those those two will go head to head. But the the garden has actually had a, a real sleeper, and it's it's a it's it's sort of vegetarian burger that we have. A, it's a chickpea vegetable burger. Wow. That um, has become one of our most popular items over there, and that's uh, it's you know in a patty much like a regular burger would be but it's it's balanced from predominantly chickpea and extra vegetable in there and that's with a curry aioli um, yuzu pickles that we've come to know and love <laughs> and then we do we do that with a little bit of a grilled naan so not on a traditional bun but this is sort of like burger meets essentially burger meets falafel almost yeah it really does wow very exciting and so make sure you stop in at, at the stone acres during the burger bender which is going on in newport newport rhode island and uh happening here and of course we have the game dinner and we have the wagyu dinner and so some exciting things to really wrap up this month of february at the stone acre restaurants sounds sounds so so tempting it's a uh, only question is where do we start chef so <laughs> thanks very much for uh really giving us a tremendous preview here and we appreciate it thanks for being with us oh my absolute pleasure thank you bruce all right chef i think we covered everything that was excellent sounds good we have a busy february you sure do wow nice going all right fantastic thank you very much this was just what i was looking for so i really appreciate it all right thanks bruce always good to talk to you